Welcome back to Big Sky Big Takes, a joint production of the Big Sky Podcast Network and the Montana Mint, brought to you as always by Hughes River Expedition. This is an around the horn style show. We got a panel here, a great panel, uh, representing different uh, components of the Big Sky Podcast Network. And I'm happy to introduce them. We got Chris Hammond with Tubbs at the Club, Mike Nugent with the number one podcast in the great state of Montana, the Grizz Fan Podcast. Sean Lewis with Weber State Weekly and Aaron Rath, host of the Clawcast, covering things all northern Colorado. I'm your host, Bear Tycoon, and we are ready to dive into this week's action. Um, all right, so let's kind of go around the FCS, around the big sky. Um, I want to start with the only game that we had this past weekend. Uh, UC Davis just absolutely stumped Cal Poly, 73-24. to 24. Uh, Mike, let me, let me start with you. Uh, did you watch the game? And what, if not, what stood out to you about the game? I mean, I think that what stood out is it, it's about what we expected. I mean, <clears throat> Polly is trying to transfer from, you know, this option-based offense to running what Eastern Washington has run for years and years and years. And it's not going to be pretty. Um, and Davis is well-coached. I mean, we've talked about it on this show, you know, no matter who the, the panelists are, we've talked about it. So I, I, was I surprised by this? No. Um, do I think it shows that Davis is as good as advertised? I'm still on the fence on that. that. We'll, uh, we'll see. Sean, you obviously got UC Davis uh, breathing down the necks of your Weber State Wildcats. Uh, what stood out from you in the game? And, you know, should Davis be considered one of the top teams in the big sky? Two, one thing that stood out to me, the score. Um, yep. with, with the, uh, struggles that Weber had putting Davis away, um, and, and Davis not scoring, I think the, they had 18 points or 13 points against us at Stewart stadium. Um, the fact that they were able to put up such a huge score, does that mean Davis is that good or is Polly that bad? I don't know, but, uh, uh, the score was what stood out to me and, and, uh, that's some style points for Davis for the committee. Well, I think I think may show that Polly is is that bad. Aaron, so UC Davis jumped to 15 in the stats poll, 19 in the coaches poll. They are the third ranked Big Sky team in both those polls. Um, yeah, with only 16 teams making the playoffs, do you think UC Davis has the resume or could have the resume resume to make the cut? Nope. And I only say that for one reason, because I think the top two teams from the Big Sky get in. Obviously, the champ will get in, and I think one more team. Uh, UC Davis is going to have a hard time getting by Weber State in Eastern Washington for those one of those top two spots, and I think that's going to keep them from making the postseason. They're just they're going to have a great resume, but they've got to the 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 FCS has got to get other schools, and I don't think they'll go with three from the Big Sky. Kind of speaking more broadly on the FCS, uh, outside of the Big Sky, we saw North Dakota State uh, bounce back from a rocky start to their spring season. They rocked North Dakota, who'd been ranked above them. Chris, you're an expert for uh, non-Big Sky content. Uh, has NDSU reasserted itself atop the Missouri Valley Conference and uh, atop of the FCS? Well, statistically, yeah. Now they're you know in the driver's seat to win the conference. Uh, it's really going to come down to what NDSU versus SDSU is here in a couple weeks. Uh, but I've been rough on NDSU all all year. Um, I did not think Zeb Nolan was going to be the guy. I said that from the beginning of the year. Uh, the guy they wanted to have him in was Cam Miller. He got hurt. I don't think NDSU is the top of the Missouri Valley this year with Zeb Nolan. Now, that being said, it's still NDSU. Doubt them at your own peril. They'll still probably make a really deep, if not Frisco title run again this year. 
But are they as dominant as they've been in the past? No. All right, I'm going to stick with you, Chris, on this next topic. Uh, Big Sky, this is the first time all spring we've had all eight teams playing on the same day. Uh, We have four, I think, all right matchups of NAU versus Weber, Southern Utah versus Idaho, Idaho State, uh, UC Davis, and Cal Poly going against Eastern Washington. What to you is the game of the weekend? Uh, This one's easy. It's Poly versus Eastern. It's the Bo Baldwin homecoming game. I don't think any of these games are going to be necessarily competitive. So if you're going to watch one, see if Bo Baldwin can kind of sneak up on his old team. Idaho State almost did. So I want to see if Bo Baldwin can get a little, it's not revenge because he wasn't fired, but you know, like a little, like I still got it at Eastern and all the haters at Cheney who might, might say that they're better off without him. Yeah. The spread in all of these games might be double digits. I couldn't find them before we started recording, but I suspect these are all going to be very, very high spreads. Um, Aaron, what, what game are you looking most forward to this weekend and why? Well, I'm jumping on my, uh, Weber state, uh, bandwagon this weekend. Again, I think, uh, it's a good game simply because NAU's one of those teams where you just don't know what you're going to get. And that, I mean, if they can pull off an upset and beat Weber, then they are in that mix of the top teams there but Weber's trying to stay undefeated and I think they do it and uh, I don't think you can take care of the Wildcats this weekend with the Lumberjack. Sean safe to assume Weber State's your game of the weekend? No actually it's not. Um, My first big take on Big Sky Big Takes. Um, I've got two I'm scoreboard watching on this one I'm watching UC Davis and ISU and Polly and EW. I'm watching both those games because those are the common opponents that the Wildcats have faced. And I want to see how those teams do to kind of gauge, you know, are they doing better than the Wildcats did against those teams or are they doing worse? To me, especially with the Eastern Washington game, that's the only game where where Weaver doesn't play EWU. It's the only game where we get to see how we can do against a common opponent. And Mike, let's close with you. You adopted five or six Big Sky teams this spring. Oh, Which one down. are you most <laughs> looking forward to watching this, let's uh, calm down. this weekend? My teams are Eastern and Weber, and we're offended jointly by your, <laughs> you know, your yeah talking down to us. Um, you know, I actually I, I think Poly Eastern's great for the the Bo Baldwin angle, but I'm kind of interested to watch ISU UC Davis only because um, ISU can put up points. They move the ball. And, you know, Polly was not good. So I'm curious to see of all the games that has the potential to turn into a shootout, but I could be wrong. Yeah, Eastern, I mean, they may blow them out, which, you know, good storyline, bad game. Um, I'm excited to see, of course, Idaho Vandals. They need to have a big showing, run up the score in Southern Utah if they're going to uh, uh, climb up those rankings. Uh, we'll get to that later, Chris. Um uh, and last thing I want to talk about in the first segment, hoops. Uh, obviously, Eastern Washington made the NCAA tournament, played a really tough game uh, against Kansas. They were all over Twitter um, that day. It was really exciting to see, uh, but they, they came up short in their, their first game, uh, continuing on a very long streak for the Big Sky Conference, not winning um, in the NCAAs. But, uh, Sean, let's start with you. Do you think Eastern Washington rep the Big Sky proud um, in Indianapolis? I, I think anytime you can go up against a blue blood like Kansas and uh, not get blown out of the arena um, by yeah. 30 or 40 points, you're, you're making the, the big sky proud. I think they did as well as any of the big sky teams could have done in, in this year's tournament. So I have no problems with that performance. Like all of you, I want to see the big sky get a win in the NCAA tournament. I think that's the only way that that helps us get seating preference in future tournaments is you got to win. Um, but uh 
um, for what EWU put together, um, I'm, I, I don't think they, they did any uh, harm to the conference at all by, by that showing against Kansas. It was a great game. Aaron, obviously Northern Colorado was a ways out of making the NCAA tournament, but what did you think about Eastern's performance on Saturday? I thought they looked pretty good. I actually, you know, going into half, I thought they had a, a really good shot at, at pulling it out. But uh, obviously Kansas went in and made some some adjustments. But I thought uh, Eastern Washington repped the big sky very well. You got to love the, you know, the attention that the big sky got on Twitter and, and in all the networks. And, you know, anything you can do to bring attention to the FCS and the big sky, I think, is a win for any of the teams. Yeah, but it's, it's, I mean, sports Twitter for about 20 minutes on Saturday was entirely focused on that game, entirely focused on Eastern. It's really awesome to see it. I mean, who knows what that does for recruiting or anything, but it was at least a fun uh, stretch. Uh, but the, the league is going to look pretty different next year. Um, it, we got 25 players uh, already entering the transfer por portal. That includes seniors who have graduated but have that one extra year of eligibility um, and at least one coaching change. What's the hoop hierarchy going to be going into the next season, Mike? Well, I mean, Eastern's bringing back all their guys except Davison at the at the moment. So, I mean, you got to think that they're they're still up there. Um, I I will maintain and and um, you know people, this might make people upset, but the the hierarchy in the Big Sky Conference of basketball is Weber and Montana until for several years it's not. And I don't mean that to be condescending, but I mean that's where it's at. I think that. You know, you've got a couple other teams kind of hanging around up there. Northern Colorado is always, always competitive in basketball, in my opinion. So I think that those are the teams that you're going to kind of see at the top. And then we'll see what, we'll see what, you know, uh, Santa Claus up there in Idaho can pull out of his hat uh, to, you know, make things happen. <laughs> yeah, Chris, Idaho got that one victory. Uh, what, what, what's, what's your view? What's the hierarchy of, of hoops going into the next season? Yeah. I mean, I think it's safe to say you kind of look at, kind of where we ended the year. I think Montana State's on the rise, so view them as probably moving into a different tier than we had them going into this, but I agree with Mike. It's it's Montana and Weber. Montana State's probably knocking. Northern Colorado is always competitive. I think you're going to see probably Southern Utah take a drop off, and I think maybe Eastern might slip from that top two and kind of move into that like Montana State, Northern Colorado role. We're kind of fighting for you know three through five, three through six. Um but they do have a lot of players coming back. That's just, a hot take. It's <laughs> I just, you know, the they had a good team when their last coach left, and they did not win the conference the next year. I think they finished fourth. So it, sometimes a coach is very valuable. Leggins seems like one of those coaches where it is not just a plug-and-replace guy. Um, but the talent's still there, so I don't think the, the car's going to come completely off the tracks either. Yeah. Heck, Montana State was a sixth seed and made it to the final, so – at the end of the day, it's how you play in the tournament. It's just a little bit easier if you play better in the regular season. It's all about three days in Boise, fellas. That's all it is. <laughs> all about Boise. All right, we're going to get down into some more specific questions with each of you. But before we do, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Hughes River Expedition. If you're looking for a great, all-inclusive, week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Though uh, famous for multi-day trips down the Middle Fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, and the Selway of the of the Gem State, we all uh, Hughes River Expedition also runs trips in Montana. You can do any special trip that you want: camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater, soak in beautiful natural hot springs. 
take in the history along the river and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the country. Just bring your clothes and Hughes River Expedition will do the rest. Uh, they've been vandal, vandal owned and operated since 1976 and they are ready to help you plan your next vacation. If you're waiting to find out what are you waiting for to find out? Uh, it, it's what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gem and treasure state. Call them now at 1-800-262-1882. Again, that's 1-800-262-1882. Or just check them out at HughesRiver.com. Okay, team drill down. Aaron, I want to start with you. You got McCaffrey in your background. You got the UNC helmet there. With UNC football starting their uh, spring practices, what are you seeing out of this new group? This is obviously a team that's been at the bottom of the big sky for a while, but uh, we've got a lot of transfers uh, that Coach McCaffrey has brought in. Just tell us, what are you seeing with, with this group? You know, what? the biggest thing I'm seeing is that he went after the position groups where the Bears struggled and didn't fill them necessarily with just good freshman players coming in, but he went after transfers. The Bears have 13 transfers on their roster. In the previous five years that I'd called their games, they had one, one transfer. They have 13 this year. Wow. I mean, they brought in solid defensive backs from Colorado. They got a transfer from New Mexico State on the defensive back part of the field. Then they they plug the run. They brought in a 6'6", 350-pound nose tackle to plug up the middle and stop the run. Someone That'll that, do it. Something that they struggled with in the past. Then you start talking on the offensive side. The average weight from the offensive line went from about that 285 mark to about 300 pounds. They're going to get out and they're going to move some earth. They're going to make some holes for some big running backs that he went after. Uh, wide receivers, he got some some big time transfers out of TCU. He got a wide receiver out of TCU, comes in at 6'4. Wide receiver out of Washington State comes in over six feet tall. So he went after some height and some speed with these wide receivers. And then I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the quarterback transfer that he brought in playing in the Big Ten, uh, ESPN top 300 player coming out of high school, a five-star quarterback recruit coming out of high school. His son, Dylan McCaffrey, is going to come. And I think that's going to make a big difference for the Bears. They were going to go into this season with zero starts in college football from their quarterbacks. And now they're going to have Dylan McCaffrey running the show for the next couple of years. And just because I got a preview of your optimism before we started recording, what is your expectation in terms of number of wins for the fall? Eight. Eight. I love it. I, I love the optimism out of Greeley. They go eight and three, and I'm going to say it right here, right now, for everybody that listens to it. They're going to go into Boulder and kick some Buffalo butt on a Friday night to start their season. I love it. The FCS heard it here first. Um, Speaking of uh, delusional football fans, Chris, (laughs) Idaho, our Vandals playing. All right. Got an important must win game against Southern Utah this weekend. What do they need to do to get this at large bit? Is there anything they can do to get this at large bit? Uh, Other than keep winning. Everything else is up to everybody else. Unfortunately, Uh, at this point, Beating Eastern at the end of the year does not mean that you are going to get in if Eastern beats UC Davis. So you need Eastern and UC Davis to not lose another game, and you need probably Eastern to beat UC Davis and then beat Eastern, and that still might not be enough. Uh, Unfortunately, that UC Davis win, I mean, we'll see if UC Davis can 
can crawl into the top 10 or five, maybe the big sky gets that second bid and Idaho's there if you beat Eastern. But I just, I'm going to be honest. I don't see it. Unfortunately, I think this year it's build the momentum towards the fall. You'll get close, maybe first four out, last four out, whatever. But I don't think it's going to break the Vandals way. I think it's too out of their control at this point. Ugh, I just picture you with a big whiteboard trying to run the numbers on what can happen. But the <laughs> fact that you've concluded it's not possible means you're not trying hard enough. Uh, Mike, uh, we don't want to talk about the Grizz. We did that last week with, with Brent. So let's kind of look broader in the FCS. Illinois State opted out for the remainder of the spring season. Uh, is this going to be a one-term thing or is it a sign of other teams dropping out? Um, and do you want to revisit your stance on the legitimacy of this spring season? You know, this is what we called on 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 uh, you know the preview episode, and then a big uh, an episode, of big say, big takes. I think that if as teams get that second loss, and they become aware of injuries, I think this happens again. I don't think this is one one team only. I yep. think that now that someone's broke the ice, I think you get other teams like look at Eastern. Eastern's hemorrhaging money. They've got you know a star QB. If they lose again. They better not play him, but it makes you wonder. It's like, would they just say, hey, you know, I think we're done. And like, we'd like to hope not. But I think it's an example of if if Illinois will, if Illinois will do it, why wouldn't anybody else? So um, do I think the season's legitimate? Yeah, I mean, it's the, every team that's playing is playing by the same set of rules. Do I think the season will always have an asterisk for the winner? Yeah, I do, because they're not playing a regular season. It just is what it is. And at this point, like, I know – there's a lot of benefit of getting all the extra practices of opting into the spring and having these games. Is that like, has, is that benefit of those extra practices kind of out the window at this point now that we're getting into April? Well, I think that, that, you know, all the teams who are playing regular seasons now have, have gotten more practices than they would in normal spring and yeah. they're getting real live reps. So even right now, if they stop, they're better off than if they had a spring, but the closer we get, you know, into April and then May, it's like, that's not that many months until fall camp starts. And it's like, you know, if you can't swing it in this weird year where the playoffs are smaller, save yourself for the fall and, and, and kind of heal up and just take that, Hey, we've got better reps and stuff like that. I just, I think that's going to happen again. I think you're right. I think it's going to be more official opouts. And I think there's going to be a lot of teams that, you know, there's a, de facto opt out where they're playing a lot of their freshmen just to get them reps and not really going for the win. Um, Sean, I want to talk to you uh, quickly on Weber state. Uh, Weber's had four or two bye weeks in the past four weeks. Uh, and they have a kind of a, a perception of a, a lack of strength of schedule in the remaining four games. What do you think the Wildcats need to do to impress the pollsters and uh, the selection committee? And I think we're all assuming that Weber is going to get at least uh, we'll get into the playoffs unless something traumatic happens. I, I think it would take a huge misstep for Weber to stumble in one of these last four games. Um, and I think it would. Uh, uh, so if, if we're saying that the big sky's got two teams in the, the conference champion auto bid and one other team, whether that's e Eastern Washington or, or uh, uh, Davis, um, I, you got to figure that two of those three teams are getting in the playoffs, right? So for me right now, it's all about seeding and style points. And I think what happens is there's a lot of mid East coast bias, right? About uh, those teams and the, the other conferences and, and everybody's looking at the big sky and all they're doing is watching the scores. We were beat UC Davis, but it wasn't a large victory. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I, I tend to think that we're old school in the pollsters that that they're they want to see that 
20, 30 point blowout, especially upon these teams that are perceived to be weaker in the big sky conference. Weaver's got to put up some, some style points. My fear going into the season was having, when we learned that it was a freshman quarterback who hadn't played football in three years coming in to lead the Wildcats, we had a team that the fan base was all excited to go to Frisco and have shoot our shot, right? This is a, this is probably the best team Weaver's had in years. And do you want a freshman quarterback to take you into those battles? Uh, Baron Bronson, Bronson Baron. I, we always get his name mixed up. Uh, Bronson Barrett has has done great. He has exceeded everybody's expectations, but he's got to get this offense going. The offense has been sputtering. We have not seen the high-powered offense that, that we've expected. There's been a new OC. There's been some changes, new quarterback, all those things that go against you. But, but we've got to see the offense put up some points and get some style points and win by more than a touchdown or a field goal to, to, to impress the pollsters. All right. Yeah, I think I think that's right. And I mean, you look at UC Davis putting up 73. I think you know you need a big splash like that to really get uh, on the pollsters radar. Um, I do want to move on to Fantasy Builder. I'm getting a signal from producer Jerry that we're running a little behind schedule. So let's get through this real quick. Everyone knows the rules here. We're going to go position by position, drafting you guys the fantasy team, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and then a flex who cannot be a quarterback. Um, regular fantasy rules apply. And we will start in round one. Mike, you have the first pick. Who are you taking? I am taking my boy, Eric Berrier, Eastern Washington. <laughs> Berrier, I like it. Uh, pick number two, Chris, who do you got? CJ Jordan, Idaho. All right. I love seeing the Vandal go off the board so early. Aaron, who do you got? I'm going Bronson Barron. I think they get it going this week. Yeah, hopefully they put up some, some big-time points. And, Sean, you got the fourth pick. Who are you taking? I've got Rodriguez from Davis, who just killed us on the ground. Again, it's the Wildcats when we played. Barry Arier, Johnson, Bronson Barron, and Rodriguez going in our fantasy builder quarterback. Running back coming up next, Aaron. You got the first pick. Who do you got? I'm going with Gilliam out of UC Davis. I think he's going to put up a lot of yards. No brainer on that one, Sean. I'm taking my boy Josh Davis from Weber State, who put 328 against the Lumberjacks the last time we saw them. So I'm hoping for a repeat of that performance. Yeah, it should be easy peasy. Chris? I'll poach all Sean's points and take uh, Dante McMillan. He's been the touchdown <laughs> engine there from Weber. And Mike, round us out here with running backs. I will take uh, Christensen from Southern Utah. All right. So we got uh, Gilliam Davis, McMillan, Christensen. Moving on to wide receiver. Chris, you got the number one pick here. Who are you taking? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I'll go for loyal, big sky, big take listeners. I will take midseason offensive MVP, Tanner Connor. <laughs> I love it. Tanner Connor with that big award. Got it up on his mantle. Second pick for wide receiver. Mike, who do you got? Uh, you know, I've got Barry Arier, so I'm going to take Limu Jones to get double points on those touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Smart strategy. Sean, who are you taking for wide receiver? Um, I'm going to go with my guy, Rashid Shahid from Weber State. And Aaron, round us out here with receiver. Uh, I think I'm going to take the uh, top guy averaging per game and take Andrew Boston out of Eastern Washington. 
All right, so we got Connor, Limo, Jones, Shahid, and Boston. And our flex, flex position could be a receiver, tight end, running back, returner, not a quarterback. Uh, number one pick goes to Sean. Oh, I'm struggling on this one. Um, <laughs> Running out of players. That That is the problem. That is that is the exact problem. You might have to edit me out for just a second here. Um, I'm, I'm going to look at... Uh, 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 who's uh, uh, Eastern's return guy? Um, we'll put you down for Eastern's return guy. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna score a lot of points this week. I, I don't know. I, 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 I was gonna take Shahid. Somebody took Connor. I was gonna take Connor as my receiver. I, I'm all for club. The key here. to a successful Big Sky Big Takes appearance is research, research, <laughs> research. Uh, we'll get you the next time around. Uh, Mike, who do you got for your flex? You may have just had some extra minutes there to to research. Is uh, Landon Meesum off the board from Southern Utah? He's not. I'll have to take him. Okay. Uh, Aaron. I'm going to go for a stretch here. I'm also going Southern Utah. I'm going to take Brandon Shanks. He's got 11 catches, but five of them are for touchdowns. All right. I like the big the big number potential there. And Chris. Round us out here. Uh, just because we nobody's taken. You know what? Screw it. I'll be a homer. I took an Idaho quarterback. Let's do Cottrell Haywood. See if he'll become Jordan's favorite target. All right. Okay. So we got a lot to look forward to. We'll post those uh, teams up on Twitter. You can vote or comment on your favorites there. Uh, Jerry's going to tabulate up the scores. While he does that, I want to give a shout out to the Big Sky Podcast Network's uh, advertisers, not for this show, but for the various uh, 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 podcasts that we run. Of course, the Montana Mint Store, producing all cool things. Montana, check them out. Uh, everything produced in Montana, importantly. Uh, Wildcat Rack, Montucky Cold Snacks, and Jeremiah Johnson Brewing Company. Uh, moving on to the final round, we have uh, uh, Mike, is, or, uh, producer Jerry is telling me we got Mike and we got Chris. Uh, Sean, Aaron, stick around for the last uh, part here, but for the showdown, Chris and Mike got three questions, one point for each question. The winner of this round gets to talk about whatever they want. Question number one, uh, I referred to this above uh, earlier in the conversation, but Eastern, their basketball coach is leaving. We talked about the impact on the team. He is heading to Portland. Is this a good move? Mike Nugent. No, I mean, it's not. The, the only reason the Eastern coach goes to Portland is because Eastern is financially dying right now. And I hope that they survive, but that's the only reason you take that job. And it's the only reason that their previous coach took the Seattle U job. I mean, all you have to do is look at, at what's going on in the PAC 12 right now. And Wayne Tinkle, the, the last Grizz coach is in the sweet 16, jumping straight from Montana to a PAC 12 job. Yeah. There's no reason Leggins could have done that if he waited, but Eastern's financial stuff made him want to get out of there. Chris, good move. Yeah. Uh, that I think it's a good move just in the sense that, yeah, it probably would have been better if he waited, but Eastern's hit its ceiling. Do you really want to be around Eastern Washington right now, too? Like, if this is what's going to happen when they're having the best of times, like, I definitely don't want to be there when the worst of times show up. So, if I'm Leggins, I'll take that four times pay raise, just like Jeff Choke going to Texas. Like, get me out. Yeah, I wonder. It'll be interesting to know if there was an other job Leggins had his eye on, and like Choate, just started spending that paycheck, falls through, and then you kind of go to a 
a choice B, you know, choice three or choice, choice C, type D. Of, choice <laughs> D, one of those options further down the road. Um, I like that. Mike, I'm going to give it to you. Um, I, I think that Portland is a weird spot. Well, I agree moving out of Eastern probably makes sense. Portland just seems like a weird destination. Um, question number two, we, we talked about this briefly also, but Weber State, uh, they're the only undefeated team in, in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, they're on top of the Big Sky Podcast Network power rankings. Um, four remaining games, NAU, Southern Utah, ISU, Cal Poly, all against bottom four power ranking teams. What are the odds that they go 6-0, and and who's most likely to beat them? Chris. Uh, 99.9%, <laughs> and it has to be Southern Utah. You can never count out anything in a rivalry game, especially when your rival is eight seconds away from being 3-0. and what about you, Mike? They're going. They're going undefeated. They're going six and zero. I don't see anybody beating them. But you know the thing about Big Sky Big Takes and the Big Sky Podcast Network is you could see fans who are fans who of a certain time period and on. There is no way Southern Utah is is Weber's rival, and I don't care what the Weber fans say. <laughs> it's not a rivalry. Uh, Chris, you get that not point. Anymore. You get that point. And. <laughs> Last question. This is something we've danced around for the past couple shows, but I want you to lay out the case for me. How does the Big Sky Conference get three teams in the playoffs? Mike, starting with you. Uh, the easiest way is the Missouri, Missouri Valley Football Conference gets COVID across the whole thing, <laughs> and they have to opt out. Um, there's, there's no way I don't, I don't mean to be blunt or rude, but especially because some of the teams in the field play games in the fall. So like, while yeah. while these teams are playing six or six games, some of them have more games. I just I just don't see how the Big Sky can justify it in a sixteen team field. Chris, you already danced around getting Idaho in. Is there any way the Big Sky Conference does it? No, absolutely zero. Uh, I think they're actually dangerously close to only getting one team in. Uh, I think depending on what that UC Davis Eastern Washington game comes out, if one of them slips up elsewhere, let's say Eastern beats UC Davis and then lose to Idaho again. Probably not enough to get Idaho in, but probably enough to knock UC Davis and Eastern out. So I think we're closer to getting one team in than we are to get three teams in. To get three teams in, on top of Mike's COVID thing, we probably all need to go private like the WCC and just start throwing money at the corrupt NCAA because that's the only <laughs> way we're getting three teams in. Corruption is the way to my heart. Chris, you get the point that round. That gives you two points for the showdown and the victory for the show. You have 30 to 40 seconds to talk about whatever you want, my man. Uh, okay, this one's perfect. It, it became relevant today. Fox Sports just brought up this thing. What is the best dog logo in football or in Division One athletics? And it just reminds me how much I do not like how there are a billion freaking bulldog mascots. <laughs> like at least the Salukis, you know, like that's unique. But like, why are there so many bulldogs? It's not even that popular of a dog breed. I mean, it's like middle of the pack. You see more golden retrievers and German shepherds and Australian shepherds, at least out here in the Northwest, than you do bulldogs. So I just, I don't get how everything from Gonzaga to Sanford this weekend, we have the Citadel versus Sanford in FCS football. They're both bulldogs. So you have bulldogs versus bulldogs. Like it's just lame. Come up with a better mascot. How come there's like 133 bulldogs and one Saluki, not a German Shepherd. There's one Great Dane. Like there's so many dog breeds, but we have 133 bulldogs. It's bull 
if you ask me. <laughs> the only way you can have a bulldog is if you have a live bulldog on the sideline uh, at your games. That's I'll go. I'll go as grandfather in. I can't believe grandfather. I can't believe you rigged this show to get a minute on bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> so he's railing about bulldogs, and I'm a fan of a team that's wildcats. You think bulldogs is bad? Try wildcats, and they're all <laughs> yeah. purple. They all have the color purple as Gonzaga, JMU, Georgetown, <laughs> Butler, Samford, Bryant. Uh, gosh, what else? There's a billion of them. On and on and on. <laughs> All right, Chris, uh, let's wrap this up. Where can folks find you? And when is Tubbs and the Club coming out with their next show? Uh, Tubbs at the Club will we always go live on Tuesdays on YouTube. We also drop the podcast Thursdays, so you can check it out there. You can find me on Twitter and everything at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond. Nuge, where can people find you and where can they listen to you? At Mike M. Nugent on Twitter, at GrizzFanPod. And you can find us on the GrizzFanPod channel or the Montana Mint stream on any podcast network you've got. Yeah, a new episode last week for GrizzFanPod. So check that and, out, everybody. And decently short, too. Decently short. Refreshing. Uh, <laughs> plow through that real quick. Sean, where can people find you? Weber State Weekly on all your podcast apps. Uh, we're, we drop Thursdays. We also have uh, game day preview episodes on on Saturdays and post-game instant reactions. And shout out to the Big Sky Women's Volleyball regular season champion, Weber State Wildcats, first time in school history to take home that honor. Congrats to them. And our man in Greeley, Aaron Rath, where can people find you and where can they listen to you? Yeah, I'm at Aaron Rath underscore UNC, and I'm on YouTube. It's Clawcast. That's K-L-A-W-C-A-S-T, Clawcast on YouTube. Awesome. Well, that's it for Big Sky Big Takes. I'm your host, Barrett Tycoon, and we will talk to you next week.